Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Good morning. Today is the the next to last message that we're doing on this series, uh, this Possessing Our Possessions for 2013. And I want to just review just a little bit. Uh, We've been talking about possessing our possessions. We've been talking about also just basically being connected to the world. And as we are connected to the world, uh, we need to have something to offer uh, because they are going through things and, and they need answers and we should be the answer because there is an answer always in Jesus Christ in the Word of God. It's always an answer. God has something for us and something is always good because everything he has is good. Would you agree with that? Well, we want to, want to make sure that we are possessing those possessions that God has pinpointed for this particular year. We said that he wants us to walk in blessings. That's Deuteronomy 28. He wants to walk in those blessings, 1 through uh, 14. He wants us to be able to come to him and be able to uh, get prayers answered for people, for ourselves. And it's nothing like uh, going to somebody and uh, find out that they have a need, and you go to God, and they answer that need. God gets that need answered. They get their prayers answered because you went to God, and God has said in his word that if you abide in him, and his words abide in you, you can ask what you will, and it'll be done for you. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about so many, many things um, uh, in that. We had uh, 10 of them so far we talked about, and we have 12. So that this time it's the 11th one, 11th message. And we're going to start that off by saying that worry, I believe, is a sin. Worrying, I believe, is a sin. Now, how would you like to never, ever worry about anything again? Well, today we're going to talk about the, what I believe the they're really not secrets, but I call it the secrets of never having to worry again. Never having to have to worry again. And if we really look at some things that happen, uh, I was checking just uh, to see, can you really get sick? Can you have bodily pains from anxiety, stress? Can it happen? Well, I was... I was uh, Maybe Google can tell me something. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I was Googling and say, are there any, any uh, pains or ill effects of worrying? And they said, can excessive worry make, you, make me physically ill? That was what I Googled. And, and of course, they say, yes, it can. You can have headaches, irritability, muscle ache, muscle tension, digestive dis- disorders. You can even lose sleep. I said, lose sleep. Man, I don't want to lose no sleep. Uh, I, lo- I love to sleep, uh, but I just don't get enough of it. Uh, four hours a night sometimes, or five hours sometimes. Uh, but I love to sleep, and I sure enough don't want to stay awake. And I've done that before. And I don't need to be worrying about somebody and worry about something either, staying awake. Premature heart attack, uh, premature cor- coronary artery disease and heart attack. I said, well, tell me. I wonder how many people were, statistically, how many people really were. And uh, they said almost one in four people 
One in four. That's 25 percent. One in four people at some point in their lives meet the criteria criteria for diagnosable anxiety disorders related to worry. Wow. Obsessive compulsive disorder. And so those people need professional treatment. If you throw in all the everyday chronic worriers, then you're getting up to half the population. Whew, my goodness gracious. Isn't that, isn't that something? That is something. I said, well, there is, that's a problem. I know that God is on the right track and, and, and having me teach on this because, number one, I need it. And number two, I believe that there are other people in here need it. What do you think? So I said, well, God, help me to never worry again. That's what I want to do. I know it's a sin, but I, I don't want to worry. God said in his word for me not to worry. And I said, okay, that's fine, but you're going to have to teach me how. I, I need to know how am I going to not worry again. And that, that, you, you, can probably, you can probably sell that, uh, but uh, I want to live it. That's what I want to do. I want to live it. So what we're going to do is start off uh, with telling you some secrets. And we got seven, and I'm not going to finish today. Uh, we're going to finish up to, uh, tomorrow, you don't want, uh, next Sunday. You don't want to miss that because I'm going to tell you how to extract joy out of every situation, no matter how bad it is. Extract joy. Now, that, that's, that's a good one, too, because that's, there's some things I just can't extract joy out of these things, you know. Uh, but he said, you can do this thing. I said, okay, I can do this thing. I can do it. The first thing, first thing, if you're taking notes on your, on your, on your, on your, uh, in your hand, on your pants, or wherever you're taking notes at, here's the, here's the first thing. <laughs> here's the first thing. You need to know that everything is spiritual. It's spiritual. When you think things are in the natural, you're in trouble from the beginning. You're in trouble. Because everything that we see, everything that exists, came from God, and God didn't have to make something out of all that it was made. Nothing was made like that. It was made just he spoke it. He spoke it. So everything is spiritual. God is spiritual. I mean, he's a, he's a spirit. Satan is a spirit. Truth. Lies. Satan, he's a father of lies. All this is spiritual things. And when we start keeping our eyes on the natural things, that's what the enemy wants us to do. Keep our eyes on the natural things, we will get in anxiety. Because we got our, our eyes on the wrong place. The spiritual realm controls the natural realm. It does. Whatever we see that's manifested is manifested because of something in the spirit realm. That's why what you see is not necessarily going to be that way all the time. It's subject to change. Because we can change it in the spirit realm. And if we can change things in the spirit realm, it'll automatically change in the natural. Automatic. You know that to be true. You know it. How many, how many times have you looked in the scripture and you saw where, where Jesus um, 
He was a blind person. He had a natural disorder. Maybe he was blind from birth. Maybe he was lame from birth. But when God touches him, it's a spiritual thing that's happening. Like, uh, and, and it just changes the natural. The woman with the issue of blood, she had been going to all the doctors doing everything, but when she touched the hem of his garment, virtue flowed out of him, and it wasn't some ooey-gooey juice flow from him. It was in the spirit realm. Spiritual things happened, and that's when she was healed. We have to know that. Do we have our eyes in the wrong realm? There's a spiritual realm, there's a natural realm. We must keep our eyes on the spiritual realm. Let's look at it in, um, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's start there. Because sometimes people don't believe that we have an enemy that's in the spirit realm that's trying to affect your natural realm. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. We're talking about spiritual things. See, the way we were walking before we got saved was according to the prince of the power of the air. We're talking about spiritual darkness, spiritual wickedness. We're talking about things that's happening in the spirit realm that we can't see. We, we were acting the way we were acting. We were saying what we were saying. We were doing what we were doing only because of the principal powers of the air. Well, it's, a, it's an atmosphere that's causing that to happen. Spiritual things causing, causing natural things to happen. And sometimes we think we can change anytime we want to. No, the change has to be in the spiritual realm first. It says, among them you too, all, not, not just some people, all formerly lived. So if you think you, you were you know, Mr. Goody Goody Two Shoes or Mr. Goody Goody Two Boots, it, it doesn't matter because <laughs> it says that all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. So even though he's talking to a church that's now they're born again, he's telling them, you all live that way once before. So don't point fingers at people. You all were there. We need to change people, people's uh, spiritual outlook, and we can change the natural outlook. So when you are, uh, we said being connected to the world, if we're going to be connected to the world, we have to learn how to change the spiritual realm. We had to change that spiritual environment. We had to change that, that spiritual thing that's going on, and we can change the person. That's important. Now let's think of another one. That's, that's one. Things are in the spiritual realm. And so if something bad is happening, or your car broke down, whatever's happening, and you're thinking, man, this is another trial I'm going through, Oh, this is, this is terrible, you know. This, I don't understand why everything is breaking down. I don't wonder what's happening to me. 
you can endure that because, see, you, you, you already know in my mind, it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a natural thing. The call breaking out is natural. All these bad things breaking out is in the natural, but it's caused by a spiritual thing. Now, let me find out what that spiritual thing is. That's what we've got to see. What is a spiritual reason for this happening? And then we can change the natural thing to happen. Number two. What's number one? Everything's spiritual. Number two, you must choose to serve God. You must choose to serve God. It's a choice. You must choose. Because if you're going to not worry, it's impossible not to worry if you don't have God on your side. It's impossible. Impossible. Satan is not going to be merciful. The demon's not going to be merciful. They're not going to give you any reason for hope. You're going to be stuck in your situation if you don't serve God. Let's look at it in Joshua 20, chapter uh, 24. Last chapter, Joshua. Verse 14. It says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away God, the, uh, the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose, had a choice, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Now, I believe that God is telling us the same thing today. Choose who you're going to serve. Look at verse 19. Then Joshua said to the people, you will not be able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. Now, when he said he's a jealous God, that tells us that he's not going to share us. He's not going to share us with ourselves. He's not going to share us with, and see, because we can make ourselves the Lord of our lives, sitting on the throne. He's not going to share us with the world. We can make the world system who we look to. He's not going to share us with people. He, we can make people who we look to. I don't care if you, if you, if you, you mate, your parents. I don't care if it's your, your, uh, your children. Whoever you look to for comfort, support, uh, whatever it is, you must look to God. He's not going to share you. He's a jealous God. And it says in verse 23, Now therefore put away the foreign gods which, you, which are in your midst. They had gods in their midst even at the time. And incline your hearts to the Lord. He's saying that today to us in many, many ways. Let's look at Matthew. Let's show you a case in the New Testament, chapter 6. Verse 19, we're speaking of worry now. We're speaking of worry. This is on the Sermon on the Mount, part of that. And he told them in verse 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth 
where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth or mammon, the King James will say. Uh, the word means uh, money, possessions. Uh, that's what it means. And what it's saying here is that you're going to have to choose who you're going to serve. You have to choose. Because uh, you say, nobody's going to serve money. Well, in this nation, that's what we do. And uh, it's not that we are bowing down to money. It's just that in the possessions, what we do is that we try to master it. And any time you try to master uh, the, the world's system, it's going to end up mastering you. And what, what God is saying, oh, no, no, I, I want you to, I've given that to you. It's part of your inheritance. But what I want you to do is use it. And that's, of course, another teaching which I already taught. And then it says in verse 25, for this reason, what, what do you mean, for this reason? For the reason I just said. In, in verse 19, verse uh, 24, for that reason, it says, I say to you, do not be worried. You see what I'm saying? For that reason, do not be worried. Because you can take any, uh, talk to any marriage counselor, one of the biggest problems people have in marriage, particularly young people, is finances. They, they, they argue over finances. That's, that's one of the things. And God says, look, I don't want you to try to serve, uh, you know, possessions and, and finance and money. You can't do that. You have to serve me. And, and now, when you make that choice to serve me, automatically, don't worry. Don't worry about things that you're worried about. Because they were worried about what things? It says here, they're worried about what they're going to eat, what they're going to put on. Right? They're worried about what they're going to drink. They're, they're worried about the things of life. You can't do that and serve God too. He said, don't be worried about that. Don't be worried about it. He said, well, if, I don't, if I'm not worried about it, I have to eat. Come on now. I have to eat. I don't want to waste away to be nothing now. Come on. I'm not on a diet. So therefore, I, I need something to eat. Well, he says, don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't let that be constant. Your concentration. Well, what's the difference between worry and, and providing? Well, when, when he said anxiety, when he said worrying, the definition would be to be in care. King James might say, don't be careful uh, for those things. Worrying is being careful about it, being taken thought of it, uh, being troubled over it. In other words, what it is, is having a, uh, like a heavy load on your mind, and that heavy load will keep you um, in fear and in anxiety over just how is it going to happen? How is God going to work this out? What is he going to do? How is he going to do it? That, that's what we're, we're, we're thinking about, and we're, we're in fear because we don't know the outcome. If, you, if your electricity is going to be cut off, you don't know what you're going to do. It's winter time. How am I going to live? I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, you remember back, back um, I think it was last summer, uh, maybe in July or something, the power went out in Lynchburg 
for about a week. We couldn't even have service because it was out in the church too. And we were thinking, man, what are we going to do, man? We, you know, our food is boiling in the refrigerator. What are we going to do? You know, we, we, oh, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? We can, we can be thinking about that, right? I mean, these thoughts come across our minds. But he said, don't, don't take those thoughts of that. Don't, don't, it's not, it should be a heavy burden from you because you have to realize who I am. Let's go a little further. Look at verse 34. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Everybody say amen. You know, <laughs> it does. It does. But he said, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Well, if, if I'm not going to worry, I, got, I have to know something. You've got to give me some answers, God. Hey, he says, look, the Gentiles, in verse 32, the Gentiles are eager to seek after those things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. You seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's a promise, isn't it? Number one. We need to make sure we understand that everything is spiritual. Spiritual affects the natural. And number two is that we know that we need to choose God and not the world system, not um, ourselves, um, not our flesh, pleasing our flesh. Let's choose God. Now, the third thing is very interesting. And, and number three is that what we want to do is to Increase our knowledge of the Lord. And uh, we're not going to turn to it because you already have that memorized, I'm pretty sure. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9, 10, and 11, it's in verse 10. And it, it tells us that, um, verse 9 basically tells us what we have to, have to do. We want to make sure that we are increasing or filled with the knowledge of, of, of the Lord through all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we may walk worthy of the Lord. And it says, pleasing in every respect, and then it says, increasing in the knowledge of the Lord, of God. We need to increase in the knowledge of God. Part of our worry is we don't even know God enough. Why would I worry if my father was a millionaire own Appalachian power, <laughs> own all the stores in Lynchburg. If I need a generator, he owns all the stores. He's going to give his son a generator before he gives somebody else a generator. I mean, I get his generator. You know, don't you think if, you, if your father owned everything, everything, don't you think he'll look out for you? How many of you would not look out for your children when they had a need and you could fulfill it? Huh? We will. If we then, being evil, know how to, how to give good gifts to our children, the word says, how much more would our Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Right? See, we worry because we don't, we have, we're not increasing in the knowledge of God. God says, 
uh, I, you know me, but I want you to increase in your knowledge of me. Understand how I move, how I flow. It's in his word. The spirit of God will show you. Also, we won't get uptight about things because we know that he's at work in these things. You see? Just because if my father owns everything, he's owns everything, Appalachian Power owns everything, all the generations, and I still don't have any power, don't have any in nothing, and I say, hey, Dad, hey, your favorite son. <laughs> he's over here on Rothwood, doesn't have any, man, my, my food is gone. I, you know, nobody invite me over to their house. <laughs> God, can you help me? He said, my grace is sufficient, son. I said, wait a minute. Don't get spiritual, oh my God. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. He said, my grace is sufficient. Has he said it before? Has he said it to a man of God before? This man of God, he said it before. I mean, he wrote most of the New Testament. Come on. That means that if, if I know that, I know that my God, my Father, will allow me to go through some things. Come on. Because he has my best interest at stake. And so therefore, I can be at peace in what I'm going through. Because I know my God. I know my Father. He wouldn't allow nothing to happen to me that shouldn't happen to me because he loves me. He loved me so much that he gave his only begotten son that, that I, if I believe in him, I would not perish, but have everlasting life. When I didn't even love him. Right? I mean, I mean I've seen in the Bible where, where the father was giving me a parable. I know the father, when his son went away and, and squandered all his possessions that he had been given and came back home, the father saw him from off a distance, ran, grabbed him, put the robe on him, put the sandals on him, put the ring on him, killed a fatted calf, and had a party. If I, if I, I mean, I, I know that about my father. Just because I messed up, he still loves me. So therefore, I'm not going to be entertaining all these thoughts that go through my mind. That, oh, you know, you messed up. You, you, you know, you can forget it. You're not going to get anything. You go back if you want to. You might as well stay with the pigs and eat, eat with them because your father's not going to give anything to you. You done messed up. How many times do we, we entertain all these negative thoughts? That's why we were, isn't it? Because we're entertaining negative thoughts. That's not true because we don't have that increasing knowledge of our father, that he's good. How often? All the time. All the time. One is that we must know things are spiritual. Number two, come on. Okay, we must choose to serve God. Come on, can you read your own writing on your pants? Come on, man. <laughs> come on. This, I mean, this is important now because, see, if wording is a sin, if half the people do it, come on, that means half the Christians do it. That means if half the Christians do it, we'll have the Christians in sin. Why in the world we want to stay in sin? If the Father's saying, hey, 
This is something I want you to possess for 2013. I want you to stop being worried. And he's telling me, first of all, because I need it, to tell you because you need it, and then you write in such a handwriting on your pants that you can't read it. You know, come on. Come on. We got to choose God. Number three, Lord, come on. We got to increase the knowledge of God. Number four, we need to also, come on, I haven't told you four, come on. <laughs> I know the notes on the internet already, but some of you probably, probably you know, got your little devices. It's on the internet. You, know, you, you follow right over there. <laughs> but anyway, um, number four, basically, is what God wants, you, wants us to do is to please him. Please him. Completely. In every respect. Entirely. He wants us to please him. And the word says that in Hebrews, we cannot please God without, come on, faith. Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He wants us to please him. Because he knows that if we please him, we're being just like Jesus. Because Jesus said, I always do that which pleases the Father. Always. Always. So he wants us to please him. Because we have a son. We're the daughters. Okay, so, well, oh man, that's pretty cool. You want, you want us to do that, huh? Yep, he wants us to do that. Well, what, what, what? What's that going to do? Let's turn to it in, in James. I'm going to tell you what, what, what it has to do with worry. James chapter 1. It's, it's very, very important to worrying. And it's a key to being worry-free. It's having faith. Having faith. I want you to make sure you take a note of this because if you don't, you might get upset because I didn't tell you. God is going to allow you to be tested because he wants you to know whether you are in faith or not. In other words, he's going to give us the test. In other words, tests are for us to know something. For us to know, oh, how are we doing? That's what the tests are for. And by the way, it's going to be a pop quiz, meaning that you're not going to know when it's going to come. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, because uh, I want to be a, a nice, good teacher, uh, and tell you the pop quiz is coming. Now, that should be sufficient notice. A pop quiz is coming. You said, when? I don't know. All I know is coming. Okay. So you look out for it. Listen to what he says in, in verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. That means adversity. That means affliction. That means anything that's, that's coming to prove you. This is something we worry about. Okay? When, when trouble comes. We're talking about trouble. We're talking about affliction. It says that count all joy because you should know something. You should know that the testing of your faith 
produces endurance. That's what it produces. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. God has your best in mind when he says, I don't want my children to lack in anything. So if they're not going to lack in anything, I need to make sure they can persevere. If I'm going to make sure they persevere, I'm going to have to test them with trials to make sure they're able to endure. Because trials help us to endure. He doesn't give us something that we can't endure. He gives us a little bit of things. Right? And then, after we master that, it's not an effort for us to live this way. Okay, he'll give us a heavier weight. And after a while, we can bench press 500 pounds. No problem. That's because we started with two pounds. You see? And he gradually increases as our strength because our strength is supposed to be in, in the Lord, right? How much can he live? <laughs> Everything. All weight. That means that there's nothing that can come about that he can't take on his, himself. So that's why he said, roll your troubles on him. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Now listen to what it says here. But if any of you likes wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all generously. Without reproach, that means he, he's not going to find fault with you. And it will be given to you. It, it will be given to you. If all you have to do is ask, ask him, ask him, give him some wisdom on how to get through this thing. He'll give it to you. He said, but you must ask in faith. Here's that word faith again, because, because without faith we can't please him, and we, he wants us to please him without any doubting. You know what doubting does? Doubting says that, God, this circumstance is a bad circumstance right here. This circumstance, I don't think you can handle. So I'm going to be so concerned about it, I'm going to be wringing my hands about it, because I know that you probably can't handle this thing. And how does that sound to God? But we do it, don't we? See, we worry because we said, how am I, I going to handle this situation? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Have, 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 you, have you been there? Yeah. I've been there. I've been there. Ask the elders. I've been there. Yeah. I told you, about, matter of fact. Didn't, didn't I? I told you, I don't know what we're going to do. Because, you know, I, I, we have about two more, three more months left. And, and we're going to be out of this building because... Our money's given up. Given away. Didn't I tell y'all that? It hasn't given out yet. It hasn't. It's not going to give out. It's not going to give out. We made some adjustments, of course. That's wisdom. Because we ask God. We pray and ask God. We pray, pray, ask God. But it troubled me. I'm serious. I'm telling you the truth. It troubled me. Because I did not want to lose this building. I did not want to do that. It would be an embarrassment to God. Wouldn't it? But let me tell you. He was, he was trying to teach me, you have a problem. I said, wait a minute, I thought I was okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> you have a problem. You don't trust me. You don't have 
much faith. Wait a minute, you told the disciples, oh, you of little faith. Are you telling me, oh, you of little faith? I'm telling you, a lack of faith is a problem for all of us. It just depends upon what will push your button. And so he said, I need to start working with you. Okay. And this is where this message is coming from because I said, okay, God, I need work on this thing. I need work. I need to improve this thing. So he said, look, you got to know everything is spiritual. You got to know that. It's not a natural thing. You concentrate on natural, it's a spiritual thing. You, you deal with the spirit, spiritual thing, you, you take care of the natural thing. Okay. You're going to have to choose to serve me rather than what you think money going to pay for. <laughs> I said, oh, man. Whew. Okay, God. I see that. I see that. Increase your knowledge of me. You don't know me. Come on, God, man. I, man, I'm in this word. You don't know me. Be quiet. You don't know me. Okay, all right. Increase your knowledge of me. You need to work on pleasing me because you have a lack of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that good? You said, no, that's not too good, man, because you, you mean, you, you, you're supposed to be teaching us, and, man, you're telling us, man, you're not doing too good. Yeah. <laughs> I like to be honest because, see, uh, <clears throat> God already knows that. And I already know, and I know enough about God that pride will cause uh, him to resist you. Humility will draw grace. I need humility. Come on, don't you? I need more grace, you see. All right. So I'm giving you some answers. And next week, we'll, we'll finish this thing. You don't want to miss God, I'm telling you. These things are, are, are beautiful. They are beautiful. You, say. you wait till you hear the rest of them. I say, oh, oh, God, yes. <laughs> but I'm telling you, um, bring your friends, too, because you know you got some friends that's worried, don't you? No, they were. They were. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia, at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.